Welcome back, welcome back. This is Hotel Zyra of a Single Black Woman. If you're new here and you don't already follow me on social media, follow my Instagram and TikTok at Tierra Shantae. Also follow the podcast page on Instagram at Hotels Podcast. All right, y'all. So we're going to jump right into this. If y'all listened to the last episode, hold on, pause. If you didn't listen to the last episode, go listen and then come back to this one so you fully caught up. So at the end of the last episode, I did tell y'all that we would kind of dive a little bit deeper into setting boundaries. And yeah, so that's what we're going to do today. So anyway, so this was the start of it, y'all. I felt like by me not having boundaries, I was getting disrespected so much. And it was happening so frequently, y'all, that I was like, okay. And it was coming from multiple different people. So I just had to take a look at myself because sometimes you got to face the, the, in my case, the woman in the mirror and just be like, okay, we're attracting it. So what's the tea? Like what's really going on? And so <clears throat> I started to, you know, look at different situations and try to analyze why they went the way that they did. And, um, why is it that I felt like it was difficult for me to set a boundary with certain people. And so in doing that, I also started reading this book that one of my friends recommended. It's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself. And let me just say, y'all, the book is good. And definitely was like a game changer for me, I will say. So I am going to link it in the episode notes, y'all. It's a really, really good read. Get it. However you want to do it, whether that's on Audible or if you want to get like the actual hard copy for me. I actually need to like hold a book in my hand and read it. I got ADHD. I don't know if that links back to that. I don't really know. But for me, I got to have the book in my hand. So I'm going to tag the hard copy because I got it off Amazon. And so, yeah, just click the link if you want it. It's a good read. Y'all keep me updated on what you think about the book. So moving forward, um, I started reading that book and then I also just started giving myself grace and just like taking the pressure off of myself. I think one thing that was stopping me from creating boundaries in the past was that for a moment in time, and this is weird for me to say, I think I was afraid of losing people. I think the what, my way of thinking back then was I just noticed just, you know, my whole life, I kind of felt like people wanted to deal with me when I was pleasant, but they didn't always want to deal with me when I wasn't. And so it kind of made me get into this mindset of like, I always have to be nice to be likable. And I spent a lot of my life being disrespected, honestly, like over half of my life being disrespected. I'm 29 now. Yeah, probably like over half of my life being disrespected and just feeling like I couldn't speak up for me. Because I didn't want to be combative, I didn't want to be a bitch, and I just did not like conflict at one point in time. Which It's weird for me to say that now, but I have gone periods in my life where I was okay with being a bitch. I was okay with conflict, like I kind of would run towards it. Like I, would, I don't know, it's just like I had seasons of that. But it, it wasn't who I was all the time. Like majority of the time... I was a little more like passive, so if people would piss me off or disrespect me, then I would do something getting them back, but it would kind of be like, I just would be passive aggressive. I wouldn't confront it head on. And so me doing that did not benefit me at all. What happened was I ended up in my late 20s constantly being disrespected by people and then having to face myself and realize that it was me. So 
I said all that to say I had to let go of the fear of losing people. I had to accept the fact that people come and go and that's fine. So that's the thing with me. And people who know me in real life, I don't easily connect to people. So it's not that I have a hard time doing it. I'm just very selective with who I choose to include in my space on a regular basis. So the people that are in my life, I genuinely want them to be here. The people that aren't, I don't want them to be here. Some people have like large friend groups and that's cute, right? But to me, it's just like, give me like a solid two or three that I know got my back no matter what and I'm good. And it's because I realized and I came to realize this at a young age. I think my dad kind of instilled this in me. I ain't everybody cup of tea. Everybody ain't gonna like me and I'm not for everybody to like that's I'm completely fine with that So because <clears throat> a lot of people I feel like kind of prejudge me prior to getting to know me and at first like in my younger years That day used to bother me because I'm like dang I'm this cool ass person and people really don't get to get to know that side of me because you come into the situation with me and you're prejudging me um but then I also came to realize the people that really take the time to get to know me, they enjoy me the most. Like, they get the fun side of me. They get the soft side of me. They get the jokey side of me. Like, they get the good parts of me. And so I learned, again, at an early age to not put more of my focus on the people that don't like me and just put my focus on the people that do. Because there's this one saying that has always stuck with me and it just goes like and maybe i'm not saying it all the way correct but this is just my version of it you can be the tallest coldest sweetest glass of iced tea but it's still gonna be somebody that like lemonade that don't make the tea any less likable they just don't like tea they like lemonade and that's fine once i started seeing like the good and letting people go I was like, you know what? Cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it hurts. Don't get me wrong. Like, especially with the people that I connect with, because like I said, it's not a lot of people. So I, if I connect with you, like, I want you in my life and I expect you to be here for a long period of time. So when those, when those connections are then broken, for me, it is kind of hard for me to adjust. But now at 29 and after reading this book and after learning like who I am, what I am, what I bring to the table, yeah, I'm sorry. Like I said in the last episode, I'm not going to convince anybody to want to be in my life. I'm just not doing it. And I know that I, I, I went through a period of feeling like, okay, if this person or this person can't exist can't exist in my life in this way, then I would want them in my life in this way. And to me, now looking back, that's just... It's like, no, if the person don't want to be in your life, that is fine. And make room for the next person to come in that is going to enjoy being in that space and that is going to appreciate being in that space. Why would you want to keep somebody who don't appreciate that space in your life but just in a different role in your life? Like, that just don't make good sense to me. And um, that has happened to me with friendships. Like, I remember I used to try to rationalize, like, me and my friends falling out and just kind of being like, well, we have we have friends for different things. Like, friends are for different things. So, I got a friend that I can pour my heart out to, but then I also got a friend that I could party with, but then I also got a friend that I could pray with, but then I also got a friend that I could travel with. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think for a long time that was my mindset, but then it came down to the point that, like, when I really, really needed my friends, the ones that was there 
were the ones that I could do everything with. So I could cry with them. I could laugh with them. I could party with them. We could pray together, like all of that in one package. And I was, I think that's when I kind of had that aha moment of just being like, yeah, I'm sorry. Because if I got a friend around me that I can't pour my heart out to, then we're not friends. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, we're not friends. And same in relationships. I remember one of my breakups, I was like, well, dang, we didn't work. We didn't work in a romantic sense, but I genuinely like this person. And I would like for us to still keep in touch. Like, I wanted us to be friends. This man wanted nothing to do with me. <laughs> for a long time, that was hard for me to accept because I was just like, you know, I'm mature. I'm over it. Like, I could be friends. I could tell you, like, you know, happy birthday, whatever, Kiki, how's life, whatever. Um, but he that's not what he wanted. That's not what he wanted from me. And so, again, I kind of did take that hard and then after a while I was like why would I convince this why would I convince somebody to be in my life I think when we do that and we try to convince people to be in our life no matter what role it plays is it's out of desperation and not truly knowing who you are or your worth because if you know what you bring to the table and you know your worth why would you try to convince somebody to be in your life no matter what so it's like if I can't have you romantically then I can have you like this why we just don't want to really let go. And it's like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not convincing. I'm not taking any more time out of my life trying to convince somebody as to why they need to be around me, um, sharing my space, sharing my energy. Like, I'm just not going to do it. It wasn't fun for me. I'm just not going to do it. As far as boundaries, so one of the things that they say in the book, and it's like really early on in the book, is finding boundaries will set you free, I think. Hold on, y'all. I'm trying to find it. Oh, boundaries will set you free. That's what it says. It's on the, like one of the first pages. Finding boundaries will set you free. And so that is so true because I feel like when we don't insert boundaries and we let people cross our boundaries any kind of way, who's holding on to that at the end of the day? We are, right? Those of us that didn't set the proper boundary. The other person is going on about their day not even knowing that they crossed you, which let me just put a pause in that. I think a lot of people out here really know what they're doing when it comes to crossing boundaries, but it's just like, how, how far can I go with it? Like how much can I get away with? So I'm not going to say that they just going about their day, not thinking they did anything wrong. Cause I feel like people, they, they know, but regardless of what I would find myself in the past, like after dealing with something like that, like somebody crossing my boundary or whatever, I would find myself just replaying the whole situation, wondering what I should have done differently. I would be like, dang, I should have said this. I should have said that. I should have spoke up, whatever. And that used to eat away at me. And now I feel like, yeah, I don't want to leave any situation feeling like, damn, I should have said this. I should have straightened this out. I should have spoke up for myself, whatever. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't know. That book taught me a lot. I will say that. I feel like y'all should definitely read the book. I'm very interested to hear y'all's um, thoughts and opinions on that. So, yeah, that's my little that's my little rant about setting boundaries. So, moving along. Y'all, I don't know if y'all been watching Love is Blind, but I've been watching it. I actually finished the season, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. So, let me just say, this cast, I don't think was that interesting. Like, I didn't really like the cast this season. Um, one person that I ended up liking 
that I didn't think I would like is Raven. At first, when I was looking at her confessionals or her, whenever she would have her screen time, I would just kind of be like, mm -hmm. especially when I saw her working out in the in the pies when Bartice was like pouring his heart out and this girl was doing jumping jacks and all types of stuff I was like oh no I do not like her but then I don't know what it was something about her being with SK changed my mind maybe that's when we kind of got to see a softer side of her maybe um but when she started dating SK that's when I really started to like her so going back to Bartice I don't like him I don't think he was wrong for saying that he was attracted to Raven I think is how he said it because it was several times that he would be like oh she's a smokehouse like excuse me a smokehouse it's like that's crazy to me and call it jealous call it whatever you want no man that's with me should be telling me how he's semi not attracted to me I feel like my partner need to be making me feel like I'm the baddest like I don't even need to question if you're attracted to me. The second I start having a question, are you attracted to me? Let me hit the door because I just don't. Like, I would never want to be in another relationship where I feel like a man was making me feel like I'm unattractive. Because there's so many men out here that would tell you on a regular basis and show you on a regular basis that they're attracted to you. That goes back to me setting boundaries and being okay with people walking out of my life. I won't do that. I will not put myself in that type of a situation ever again. So I really was low-key triggered watching that y'all probably could tell about how i'm talking about this right i was low-key triggered watching that i think it's just their wording i i can't be mad at a man for being honest okay i respect that i respect the honesty i think it's just the words that they chose to use and how they chose to say it that was a bit much for me like my mans don't need to be in my face telling me that this girl over here is more his type and she's a smokehouse because if that's the case, even if he was my type, now I'm going for blood, okay? So whatever would be the opposite from him, I would have been saying that. I don't care if that ain't my type or not. I would have been saying that because they're going to play your clip about how you're not attracted to me. And they're going to play my clip saying the same thing. You ain't about to have one up on me on TV. Uh-uh. Okay. I digress. That other one that ended up marrying Colleen, crazy. Um... And also, you could tell at the reunion, like, just looking at her body language and how tense she was. And first of all, the conversation with her and Cole, I can't tell nobody how to react. But the conversation with her and Cole, I don't think it would have made me emotional. Like, I, I get she has a certain level of respect for Zenob, But at the end of the day, the girl was sitting there crying, and I don't think it had any, anything to do with Zenob. I think it has something to do with Matt crazy ass. Because I think Matt is off his rocker. So, anyway, that's my thoughts on Love is Blind. I love the SK and Raven are together. I love Brennan and whatever that other girl name was. She's cute. Like, and I love how confident she is. I love that she owned her body. And I love that she was just like, yeah, I've never been one of those people that's just like, oh, I don't want to eat this. If I want to eat, I want to eat. Shout out to her. Because I do love Zenob and I hope that Zenob finds somebody that loves her as well. I think you can just tell, though, just her interaction with Cole and even her interaction with him at the reunion. I feel like something is wrong with Zenob. I'm not going to say she's bipolar. I think she, maybe she got abandonment issues or something. Or she's been emotionally abused at some point. And the reason why I say that is Cole did do some shady shit to her to kind of make her feel the way that she was feeling. And if you notice at the reunion, the second he started crying, now she was apologizing. I feel like 
Cole probably was like, yeah, if I cry, I'm pulling the sympathy card now. So people are going to feel bad for me. And I think that that's why he started crying like that. And I'm like, you know what, Cole? You some tea. You some tea. But, yeah, so that was that. Was that. Last thing we're going to talk about, y'all, and then we wrapping this thing on up. Nick Cannon is a prime example of I don't have to touch the fire to know it's hot. This man is now on his 12th child. I don't even know how many baby mamas. What is it? Six or seven? I don't know. But 12 kids? That is insane to me, for one. Like, And I know they talked about it on lip service, and I don't care what Nick say. Ain't no way you having sex, raw sex with all these women, and ain't nobody getting BV? Ain't nobody pH thrown off? He tried to say that they're all on the same page or whatever. They know what's up, blah, 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 blah. It's just I don't see that many different juices mixing together and it not causing some type of disruption in the pH going on. So for me, I'm like, Nick, I don't know what you got going on. But one thing about it, even if I had the chance, you cannot pay me to touch Nick Cannon. But no amount of money. You could not pay me to touch Nick Cannon. And this is my reason why. Again, I don't have to touch the fire to know that it's hot. Ain't no way this man ain't hanging and slanging. And you got these many baby mamas. And they having babies back to back to back to back in rotation. Every year he have at least two or three. It's no way. I don't want nothing that good that's going to make me that crazy. I know what's going on over there. Okay, I don't even need to guess. I know what's going on over there. And for that reason alone, I would be like, absolutely not. I would not. Because you ain't going to have me out here ready to have the 13th and the 14th and the 15th. They having these babies back to back and they be pregnant at the same time. Uh-uh. I don't want nothing that's going to have me like that. No, thank you. That's like me going to a party and somebody asking me to do coke. I don't want to do no coke. Nick Cannon on something else, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. God bless him. So, y'all, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Thank y'all so much for all the feedback that y'all gave me on the last episode. I really do appreciate that. Seriously, if y'all want this book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace, it's going to be linked in the episode notes. It's on Amazon. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, bye. I'm sorry, y'all. I just had one more thing to tell y'all. Ooh, okay. So the OGs, y'all probably wouldn't know this. Y'all remember when I used to play the song of the week? Yeah, well, the audio used to be trash, so I stopped doing that. And so now I think, I think I'm going to just start telling y'all the song of the week, right? And so the song of the week right now, y'all, I've been playing this song out. Mariah the Scientist and Des Dior. What is it called? Stone Cold? Said he calling from Atlanta. Said he missed me. Well, well, well. I love that song. Listen, y'all, that's my song. I play it like 10 times a day. I love that song. Let him call from Atlanta and say he missed me. Well, well, well. Fly that private out to get me. Yeah. Bags packed. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm gone for real. Bye, y'all.